Hi, my name is Max, and I'm here with my colleague, Nick, to tell you about the Thought Junkie Patreon program. Thank you, Max. Let me tell you a little bit about it. We are poor college students looking to invest in our podcast future, and with your monetary support over the course of several months, we can buy an in-house studio and pay for subscription fees to get our thoughts into your pockets. When you sign up for our Patreon program, you will have an opportunity to be a part of three different tiers. The first tier being the Thought Soldier. You'll have an exclusive opportunity to be a part of AM Pulse, which is our new 15-minute segment on what's new in the digital world, music, technology, film, and more. The next tier is the Thought General. You'll be able to listen to AM Pulse as well as two new 15-minute podcasts a month, the first being Words, Words, Words with Nick and History Tea Time with Max. History Tea Time is a lovely fireside chat to end the evening with a little bit of history with our lovely host, Max, where Words, Words, Words is a dive on language and current trends with our linguist, Nick. Consider subscribing and giving us a little bit of your monetary support in order for us to continue to give you the content you so rightfully deserve. I'm Nick. And I'm Max. Thank you. In the words of a famous song. <laughs> yeah? Continue. This is the final podcast. <laughs> At least of this season. This yes, is, sir. This is the end of Thought Junkie season one, the pilot season. Yep. And I am I am floored. I am thrilled. I am adjective. Uh, it is stellar. To it's be. exciting. Yeah, I mean, this is episode 10. Nice place to round it out. Yeah. Uh, we are heading back uh, for the summer. I mean, we will be taking some time off from the Thought Junkie podcast itself until about the fall when we will come back better than ever. Uh, I know that personally my goal is to have a, uh, by then, look into some new equipment. Some new, <laughs> What are you laughing at? <laughs> Finish what you're saying, and then I'll I'll entertain our viewers. Wow, that is gold. Go. I, I'm just getting the housekeeping stuff out. Of no, the way. no, say it. Come on. We're under, okay. New equipment, some new new uh, new shows out by that time, uh, and, and just just a whole bunch more of our bullshit. Now, would you like to entertain our viewers? Because apparently, I'm doing a shit job. Dog. <laughs> Y'all don't understand this man, Nick. I think you gotta take a razor between those eyebrows, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Is this really where we're starting? <laughs> not, not only do you insult our, our, my physical appearance. No, I, um, I have a face built for podcast. Our, um, our third guest on the podcast, Anthony Davis. You know, he's really accomplished. I'm going to oh, have to go shit. back. I'm going to have to edit all of this audio because you're cackling into the mic. I'm so sorry. It's more of a punishment for me. It's <laughs> Okay, I'm good now. I got it out of my system. Wow. You're going to have to look away from me this entire recording <laughs> session. Anyway. Oh, shit. Uh, do, would you care to... So... <laughs> Man, 
So, so a note to our viewers. This one's off the rails. <laughs> uh, a note to our viewers. For episode 10, uh, Max is actually holding me hostage because uh, he doesn't know how to work any of this equipment. And all he does is, is insult me for your comedic value. And, uh, yeah, no, he just gets sick, sick kicks out of keeping me in the studio. So if you could please send help, uh, maybe call child services or something. And uh, this is the Thought Junkie podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're uh, we Max. two sick boys this week. Yeah, we are. So we, we are low energy. We are emotionally and physically miserable. We're taking our Allegra and Zyrtec. <laughs> we, we, we're to try being, and stay alive. W- didn't you? You were telling me earlier that you had a vitamin C overdose. I did. What the fuck is that? <laughs> so be, okay. To set the scene, I got the text from Max this morning saying, "Hey, I had a vitamin C overdose earlier this week." I'm like, "Dude, how? <laughs> I, have you been like snorting like emergency or something?" <laughs> no. So what happened is I ate 90 oranges. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> pirate <laughs> trying to fight scurvy or something? No. Um. So basically what happened was uh I was try I got some of those Halls cough drops, the yeah. vitamin C ones to uh-huh. boost your immune system, but I didn't know you could have too many. How many so, Okay, how many is too many? How at many least you- 20. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so so you're so you're sitting here like in bed eating these like handy. No, I wasn't in bed. It was throughout the day, right? Okay. Yeah, so throughout the day, I'm trying to survive. I had a final, and I was trying to keep it together, so I was just popping these bitches, and I got back to my apartment, and I was writing this paper, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, it gets to like 9 p.m., and I'm like, shit, like, why can I not, like, my brain is not, I'm not able to focus, mm-hmm. like, I feel a little dizzy. I stood up, like, fell onto my roommate's bed. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Like, what is in these cough drops? Because I hadn't really had anything else at all that yeah. day. I had, like, a turkey sandwich. And a turkey sandwich isn't going to take you down like yeah. that. And basically, I Googled, like, can you have too much vitamin C? <laughs> and it was, like, daily recommended dosage is for an adult. Or, no, not daily recommended dosage. The upper level of what you're supposed to have. Yeah. Like, like you're having a lot is like 2,000 milligrams uh-huh. of vitamin C. Based off of my math, I had somewhere between 3,000 milligrams <laughs> <laughs> and more. <laughs> so at this point, you literally embody too much of a good thing. <laughs> you're not even Pirates the- wish they could have been me, bro. <laughs> I am the king of the pirates. <laughs> I... I was so I had so much vitamin C in my system that it was 9:30 p.m. Mm-hmm. I had basically almost fainted, like mm-hmm. when I stood up out of my chair, and I was like clammy and cold, and I had like the shivers, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so I like basically just like got myself up off of the floor, mm-hmm. <laughs> and crawled into my bed, and just like. Went in the fetal position until 10 a.m. this morning. <laughs> Jesus. And, you know, uh, but now I feel great. Well, that's great. So, Because we're, we're in this lovely podcast room. You actually had a, uh, a segue in your little story time over there. You said that you would have been a great pirate. 
and we're talking about this is a bit of a stretch. Oh, it's a, it's a huge. We're talking about oceans today. Yes. Well, I mean, not necessarily oceans, just in general bodies of water. Yeah, large bodies of water, uh, waves because they do not die. Let me crash you from the So now that uh, I need to own. <laughs> can you that, overlay Kanye West over me? Yeah, now that his Coachella <laughs> set's done. Uh, oceans are kind of like these magnificent beasts in a way because these they're just large in my eyes large just bodies of life that we don't really understand the scope and or scale of but we still try to anyway right yeah we don't know shit about oceans and, and that's what's what's beyond me so here here we go wet fact number one. Oh boy oceans make up 70 percent of the earth's body or, or uh, surface not body. <laughs> I think I didn't. I didn't look these up before, beforehand. <laughs> this is like middle school education science. Nick talking here. Oh uh, we have a, we have a lot of water. Yeah. On our earth, most of it is salty. Yeah, and uh, th- I, th- I think uh, on that topic though, uh, we don't realize how much or how little fresh like like uh, water that we can actually consume is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we were talking about this in the last podcast, we're looking at aquifers, we're looking at large bodies of fresh water like the Great Lakes, which we are extremely lucky to have yeah. a- as a country. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, the rest of it is, again, groundwater, like from wells. Yeah. And potentially, like, reclaimed water. Like, I mean, you, like, realize a lot of the water that you use on a day-to-day basis, like, goes through, like, reclamation. So it could have been one person's, like, shit and piss water for, like, all we know. You Now you're showering. That's what all water is, bro. Yeah. Like, but people don't realize this, that. I think, the I think it was like the first time my grandpa tried to blow my mind, like just like totally like make me understand how like stupid I am, mm. <laughs> and like when I was a kid. <laughs> probably, like, Listen turn, here, Max. He probably like turned to my grandpa. He was like, "Watch this. You ain't shit." <laughs> he was like, "He was like that water you're drinking out of that glass. Yeah, was in a dinosaur's kidneys." <laughs> and how did little Max respond to that? I was like, "Did dinosaurs have kidneys? <laughs> <laughs> What's a kidney?" <laughs> I'm a kid. Uh, here's my knee. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to hell. Uh, no, but I, I don't think that. So, so, so on, on one sense, like I mean, it's one thing to like shower and like that's dirty water, and to like reclaim that, like it's fine. It goes through processes and it's relatively sanitary. You can you know have it in your your tap water, yeah. fill a cup with it. But like the extreme version of that is accredited to my man Bill Gates. Mm. Have you uh, have you heard about what he's doing in Africa right now with water? I've not. Or li- li- like what he's inv- like investing in, he's like looking into. Please uh enlighten it, me. It literally turns human shit into water. Like it will t- Oh, I have heard about this. Yeah, it's it's a big old machine. He he's funding it. Uh he's like doing a lot of the research for it too. Uh I think it's it's part of the Bill Gates uh foundation too. Yeah. And and he's promoting uh, because of course, you know they have like in like uh, Saharan Africa, they have issues with finding water. But they ain't got no uh, problem taking shits. No, everyone shits. Uh, that that might have, that might have been technically insensitive. <laughs> uh, anyway, everyone poops. Uh, they're just, they're just doing it into a machine that turns it into water. And Bill was there himself. He took he took a big old glass and he's like, yeah, this is this is perfect. This is <laughs> what. <laughs> You, you good? That's so 
<sighs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm talking about a revolutionary invention here. <laughs> and you. Okay, this would be Max as, as a sub-Saharan like African here. He'd be like, all right, I have to walk five miles for my water. Uh, but but this man brought here, you know, something that, that you know, I'm, I'm not going to drink poo-poo water. Dog, if you took my shit <laughs> into a room and came out with a glass of water and said, drink. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm not drinking that <laughs> Max. <laughs> These are people <laughs> that have to walk miles for just a bucket of clean water. I know. And here's your privileged ass saying, hey, if someone's ass has been anywhere near this, I'm not drinking it. You're laughing because you know how it sounds. It sounds really bad coming back from my mouth to you. But that's exactly how you sound. Are you getting everything on your system now? I, I'm just saying there are people that would kill to have some clean drink, drinking water. Just because someone's ass has been by your cup of water doesn't mean that you have to. No, bro. No, it's not like that. Okay, then what is it? You're, you're misunderstanding me. Okay, explain. <laughs> it's just coming, like, to me, like, I completely understand that it's a part of the problem and it's a it's a solution okay. that they have to it. Yeah. <laughs> you just think it's a it's a shitty solution? Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, oh my so, God. so for those of us, or, or th- those of the audience that we have left, <laughs> we this is supposed to be a podcast about oceans. <laughs> Nick goes, "Hey, did you hear about Bill Gates turning shit into water?" You know, it, it's revolutionary. <laughs> Dude, Bill Gates is the shit. Oh my uh, God, stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like you you probably have notes about oceans prepared, and we're just... We're Hell just, no. <laughs> we're doing it live. Uh, <laughs> I, wa- I want to talk about rivers. Okay. <laughs> that... that no, I'm sorry. That that was your dramatic Nick, moment. Nick keeps, like, Nick keeps looking at me funny, so I can't stop laughing. I just keep looking at him. But um, anyways, so do you remember what I was telling Kyle about in the last podcast? Yeah. Where I said the Congo River is just aggressive as shit for yeah. no reason. It's, it's like that video where it's like, I'm fast as fuck, boy. <laughs> I don't think you have any idea how fast I really am. I'm fast as fuck, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's crazy that like you can have essentially these raging rivers and then they'll just kind of like, they'll either like just explode out into the ocean, Yeah, which is like, it seems like an absolute waste of fresh water Yeah, (laughs) for, for all of that to just fly out into Uh the ocean or they'll just kind of like dribble down into like these little streams and stuff Mm -hmm. until the stream ends. Well, I I think it's, it's also worth considering too, that based off of the speed and like, like where the, the river flows to, it kicks up sediment. And even though it's technically fresh water, like it comes from a fresh water lake, like it's kicking up mud and dirt and anything else it might pick up on the way. It could even be pollutants too. If uh, people are dumping into it. And then when it gets to the ocean, at that point, it's like, okay, you know, like you all guess. that shit accumulates 
into you know some sort of delta. Yeah. Uh, another thing I, I wanted to touch on too. Let's focus on oceans here for a second. Uh, let's focus on the oceans here for okay. a second. And uh, one thing I thought was absolutely wild to me uh, when I learned about this because I, I took a environmental kind of studies class. Uh, it's all about like ecology, biology, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Things that yeah. pertain to like the environment for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ocean, so so all water is naturally acidic. Uh, when you look at like a pH meter, it ranges from 1 to 14. Yeah. 7 is like the true neutral that we kind of want everything to be. But naturally things aren't perfect that way and they're always like towards like a 6.5 like 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 they're they're tilted on the scales a little bit and there are bodies of water that uh when affected by acid rain Mm -hmm. uh will add acidity to it so it'll drop down the ph towards one and uh when you get to that point the actually like like the rocks and the, the bases of these lakes will neutralize the acid rain so it keeps it inside that stable range but there are lakes in Canada, for example, uh, that have granite on the bottom that doesn't neutralize the acid rain. Oh. So they, they become bodies of water known as dead lakes, where the, the pH level drops so low that you see things start dying off. And, like, the fish will die, plants will die, and eventually the, the water can't be drank unless it's neutralized. It drank. Can't, like, like, uh, like, no life can be sustainable in there. It's yeah. just a body of dead, wasted water. That's crazy. Yeah, Canada is a really crazy place. Oh, we, we talked about that. Canada is, is batshit crazy. Uh, and, and then on the flip side, bringing it back to ocean too, uh, the oceans, because they have salt in them, are naturally basic. And you can put as much shit inside of it as you want. Not Bill Gates shit, but like yeah. regular shit, right. it, like acid rain and stuff. And because of the the salt in it, it will maintain its pH value for the most part. That's so, crazy. like you could have you know acid rain come over, and granted, like probably over time, over like hundreds of years, if you have enough acid rain yeah. and drop that pH, like it could potentially start killing stuff. But no, the ocean like can take a fucking beating because it's such a massive body of water and it holds so much like salt and stuff. Right. So let me pose a question then. Yeah. So so that salt is the key to maintaining its pH, right? Just about, yeah. So what happens if we find a really efficient way to desalinate water yeah. in places that like don't have a lot of fresh water or groundwater? So say like California? Yeah, yeah. So like California, you find a really efficient way to desalinate. I wonder how that would affect the that kind of that, that pH system. Mm-hmm. That like do we just take all that salt and just throw it back into the ocean so before before i answer this let's establish i am not a science person (laughs) i don't know why why i'm acting like i am uh but for those of you who know me and who've gotten to this point in the podcast i am far from a science person yeah but i will share with you what i know in my understanding and i will take to either the comment section or twitter for people to call me out okay Uh, i will happily do so okay to my understanding, right, the ocean is such a large body of water mm-hmm. is that when, you, when you're when you removing salt from one area, things will travel from areas of high density to low density and even itself out. Right. So you can't remove salt from the ocean that quickly to make a difference. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're going to remove the salt from around the bay area and it's going to be a freshwater bay. And then if an acid rain cloud travels over it, it will become acidic, right? Right. Like, that's just not how it works because it will, st- like, the 
the, the areas of salt water from the ocean will come in and, and, and mix with that and make everything evenly distributed because there's so much of it. Well, it doesn't necessarily make it evenly distributed. Uh, I'll bring up the example of the Chesapeake Bay okay. over in Maryland. And the Chesapeake Bay is what's called brackish water. Yeah. So it's like ocean salt light version. But like, so it's like a mix of like fresh water. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure. So my understanding is the, I'm pretty sure the Chesapeake Bay formed because a meteorite smacked Maryland. That's badass. (laughs) And uh, I could be completely wrong about that, by the way. That would be less badass. I'm just pretty sure that that's how it happened. Gotcha. Uh, if I remember correctly, yeah. So a meteorite smacked Maryland a mm-hmm. long time ago, and it kind of like created this divot, and some water rushed in from the ocean, and yeah. that mixed with the groundwater and the water that was already there, mm-hmm. kind of creating this brackish mixture of like not necessarily a lot of salt, but also like enough so that the fresh water is no longer fresh water; it's yeah. like salty and interesting. That creates this kind of brackish thing. Mm-hmm. So if you removed tons of salt from the San Francisco Bay, I wonder if it would become brackish. Mm -hmm. Because, so like, let's say you started using a lot of that water for like the purpose of like drinking water and, you know, just like utility type water in San Francisco. Um, Like all of that salt that you're taking, so the water would go back in, but the salt would not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just say they... They sell it to Canada yeah. <laughs> for their roads. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> and uh, I'm curious to see, well, obviously we don't have a geologist or marine biologist here to talk yeah. about this, but yeah, that would that, definitely be interesting. Uh, well, I think you also have to consider the uh, like the, the environmental implications too in terms of ecosystems that may exist in the area too. Oh, it would totally because mess like, up. Yeah, Because, I mean, we, we see what's happening right now uh, by like, like with the coral, the coral reef. I mean, yeah. it's officially dead, correct? I think that's what headlines have said. I think they're, they've... Or it's starting to die. It's, it's not dead. It's just chilling right now. Like, yeah. it's not what it was. Yeah, but, but like, because of, you know, like, temperature shifts and you, and you see changes in the, the natural habitat of, of, you know, the coral reef, yeah. you see drastic changes all throughout the, the, the oceanic region. Right. And so I wonder if... We would change pH levels. We're changing the amount of salt concentration in the water. Mm-hmm. If that would affect, well, it probably would affect life there as we know it. And yeah. they're they're huge into like mar- like marine biology in that area. So right. I'm not even sure if that would fly. Yeah, I think we need to chill out as humans. We should probably stop trying to do <laughs> mess with shit the way that we do. <laughs> oh, l- l- like chill out isn't like, like stop like tinkering with stuff. <laughs> yeah, like. Like, oh, I wonder what happens if we take the salt out of the oceans and all the sharks and fish are like, what? <laughs> you know, we used to have, back in my day, we used to have salt everywhere in the ocean. <laughs> then these motherfuckers showed up and were like, hey, let's take all of the salt and push it over here <laughs> in Canada. Which actually would solve their dead lake problem because you, you put basic salt in those and lakes. then you desalinate those. Oh my God, we've created a system. <laughs> so assuming we don't murder all the sea turtles in the Bay Area <laughs> in the process, uh, I think we'll be fine. I don't think, dude. You know what I just thought about? What? Speaking of San Francisco 
and you brought up Bill Gates and shit. Yeah. That map of San Francisco. Oh, okay. <laughs> for for our viewers, you have to recap. Okay. So you're tying everything together here. So we're, we're away from oceans. All you have to do is just Google, like, San Francisco, like, human feces map. <laughs> and they they marked, like, every report of human feces found in San Francisco. Because I guess San Francisco has a big problem with, like, homeless people just, like, shitting in the street. Yeah. And if you look up the map, all of San Francisco is brown. <laughs> San Francisco there is, is no, no You don't there. see streets. You don't see neighborhoods, boroughs, parks, nothing. The whole city is brown. <laughs> and and you also point out that it's in the shape of, like, a poorly drawn Sonic the Hedgehog, too. <laughs> I want to know why it gets darker in some areas. <laughs> I'm just saying we're looking at the at at the poop map here, and Max is like r- like leans over. He's like, "Hey, that looks like Sonic." <laughs> did it not? <laughs> it, it did. So so look it up. Pause the podcast. Come back when when you when you've experienced your poop, uh, and and then there you go. Yeah. I'm fast as fuck, boy. All right. Now that the segue's over, and you come back from looking at your shit. Welcome back. I hope that you found your poop enjoyable. Uh, I want to touch on another part of oceans. And this this is the main reason I wanted to actually talk about it today. Uh, in terms of the size and like scope of oceans, yeah, we haven't been able to nearly explore enough of it yet. Oh yeah, for and sure. And so so to put it put it in perspective, we've been on another planet, but we haven't been able to explore all of our own planet yet. Yeah, and that's mind boggling to me. Wait, hold on. What did you say? Back that up. We've explored. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not another planet. Okay, explored, that's what I was going to say. We've explored the moon. But we, 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 we haven't explored the moon. We were there for like 10 minutes. We've been <laughs> to other... Oh, we've been off of the planet. We've been off the planet. <laughs> we've gone away from our planet. We have, right. We've had rovers on Mars. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Mars rover. We've had, you know, like telescopes that have looked beyond our galaxy. Yeah. We, and we still haven't seen what's at the bottom of this puddle that mm-hmm. we call the ocean. Right. I mean... But uh, the thing is, is quite frankly, and this is what's kind of weird, and I, I'm pretty sure that it's easier. It's more expensive, but it's easier <laughs> to go to space than it is to go to, like, the deepest parts of the ocean and mm-hmm. explore every little bit. Yeah. Like, you need to understand, going to space and, like, getting on the moon, mm-hmm. that's, like, one thing, but you're not exploring every little detail of the moon. Yeah. You're just just like getting there being like whoa we made it <laughs> and then like <laughs> flying back yeah whereas with the ocean you got to get all the way down there and just look at every little bit of it mm-hmm. and that would be exploring the ocean as a whole you know yeah it's just interesting that that's not i don't think it's a human priority i think that's what it comes down to is as well that it's you know if we really really wanted to master our planet and have everything explored and check everything off the list, that would be more important than leaving the planet. Well, maybe marine biologists are holding out on us because they don't want, like, <laughs> big corporations to get a hold of some of the shit that they found. So you're saying that we found, like, the oceanic Bigfoot, like Aqua Bigfoot. Oh, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, like, maybe they found, like, oil reserves or stuff, and they're like, okay, we can't tell people about this because... Like, like right next to this beautiful, like, deep-sea coral reef, we yeah. have, like... One of the largest deposits of oil in the world, and they're like, so let's not mention this. <laughs> they, see, they see, like, BP, like, looking over their shoulders, they're texting about it. Hey, what you guys talking about? 
Did you find anything down there? No, nothing, nothing. You sure? We have we have this faulty oil cap we want to <laughs> install somewhere. So we would like to poison this part of the ocean, too. No, no, there's nothing down there. Yeah. There's, 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 there's no oil down there. Right. You don't, you don't even need to look. Don't, don't even bother. <laughs> but, yeah, I think... I don't know. I think it's hard. It's hard to explore the ocean, too, because you have to, like... You got to go out there, yeah, in order to to do it. Where you can send like a rover or a drone to like space, you know, mm-hmm. and relatively control it pretty easily. But yeah. like you have to perform like constant maintenance and stuff on drones that are in the ocean because there's living stuff moving around there that could like hit it, bite it. Well, I don't even <laughs> like think that, that it that's could get caught up in like an underwater earthquake or a tsunami or. I don't even think that's that's the bulk of the issue. I think it's the pressure that's so intense down there that it's difficult to combat. That's true, yeah. Yeah, because like the pressure difference is ridiculous at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like that's why we haven't sent anything down there. No, nonetheless, humans. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's why a lot of the submarines that we use for like deep sea exploration, as of right now, mm-hmm. uh, at least at the level we can get to, are all like drones and robotic controlled. Because to get a yeah. human down there and have something burst, like there was no way you were surviving. <laughs> Goodbye. Because because e- again, even if you got out, like if you escaped, instantly you know, crushed. Yeah, you, you're going to be crushed even even if you had oxygen. Oh, isn't that weird to think about? Like, so they talk about with the black hole. They used to think you'd get like spaghettified. Spaghettified? Have you not heard of that? What was that involved? So you'd get like stretched out in every direction, but also compacted in every way possible. It's, okay. It's basically just like turn you, t- turn somebody you like holding like a piece of dough, like pulling it apart and squishing it together. <laughs> yeah, okay. But uh, at, at the bottom of the ocean, you just like get like like a toddler with like Play-Doh just like crushing it together. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like Big Baby just, just big baby. Yeah, crushing you up, dude. Big Baby Glenn Davis, Los Angeles Clippers. Sure. <laughs> I do sports. Uh, shout out to sports. Uh, I, I also think that with half of that, though, not being able to physically get that low down yeah. into the ocean, mm-hmm. you have to consider, too, all the things that we haven't yet to find. So you talked about natural resources. I'm thinking life. Yeah. Because we're still finding new forms of life on our own planet up till today. Oh, yeah. Like... There are, if if I remember correctly, it, it was it wasn't a super recent discovery, but it was relatively recent in terms yeah. of like the history of scientific discovery. Okay, uh, it was a type of plankton, I believe, that was able to uh, do photosynthesis with like next to no light. I thought you were gonna say get the Krabby Patty formula. <laughs> nah, it would be game over then. <laughs> so photosynthesis with next to no light. Yeah, because cause when you get down that low, it's you can't see like all, right. all of light is void there. Yeah, but they're able to either reproduce or create their own energy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's plankton, algae, something like that. I'll have to check my facts, right. uh, which I probably should have done before. Regardless, it is able to sustain itself and create energy naturally without consuming other forms of life and using next to no light, which is, like, mind-boggling. Yeah, that's crazy. And And that's just one of the many examples, too. I mean, like, you got, like, blobfish. This is true. You know the ugly ass fish. Yeah, big fan. Uh, what's that other one? The mega mouth shark that they found down there. No, I haven't heard about. You that. know what mega mouth shark is? No, what's that? It's huge, but so it's really slow. Gotcha. So it's not it's not a scary boy. It's yeah. just a big boy. Yeah. Um, 
The Anglerfish, a oh, classic okay. one. Anglerfish is cool as hell. Yeah. Popularized by the movie Finding Nemo, actually. Because <laughs> uh, no one else would know about the anglerfish aside from Finding Nemo. Yeah. Uh, also, I think that... So I'm, I'm going to put the tinfoil hat on. Okay. I, I think we have to go this direction. Okay. We have to at least acknowledge it. Okay. Species that are prehistoric that we haven't found yet. Because this line of thought gives birth to uh, the, the fact that because the oceans are so large and so deep and we haven't explored all of it yet, uh-huh. there is life out there very very not like widely populated. Like, like you're not going to find a, a salmon down there, but you're going to find something that's very uh, adapted specifically to, <laughs> to survive away from places we haven't found them you yet. Imagine? That would be so much more alarming than finding, like, a dinosaur down there if there was just a salmon swimming around at, like, the bottom of the Marianas Trench. It's like a, a, a regular a North, <laughs> North American salmon is just sw- swimming around. Hello there, good sir. You've come to my home. <laughs> I am the noble deep-sea salmon. How are you today? Dude, what the f- How are you surviving? <laughs> Hello. Can I get you something to eat or drink? <laughs> Um, the other salmon are like, dude, just swim up a river. <laughs> <laughs> salmon are so dumb. <laughs> but uh, anyways, the uh, are you talking about like megalodons? Yeah, that's exactly dog, what I'm They're going. not. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. They're not. <laughs> okay. So I- I'm going to preface it with this. There's going to be in the future, hopefully, an episode on cryptids. Okay. I, I will drop that spoiler now. I won't tell you when it's coming. Okay. But I would love to talk about cryptids. Okay. But I will take Megalodon off the table from there and put it in here and have that discussion now. Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I am the type of person, again, I, I, I will suspend my disbelief, and I'd like to say it's out there because I think it would be really cool to see. <laughs> I have no fear. <laughs> I'll hop in the dinghy. I'll look for it myself. No, no, no. <laughs> what, you what remember you when Shark Week, like, when the Discovery Channel just totally took their, well, not that they had credibility, but any credibility they had left, and just like threw it out the window when, for Shark Week, they went looking mm-hmm. for a megalodon in South Africa. And they were like, it's knocking over boats. <laughs> it's eating people. <laughs> and everybody's like, no, it's not. It's like, that boat sank on its own. <laughs> know what that is? A regular shark. Yeah. <laughs> which is just as scary as a bigger shark. Yeah. It's it's like those uh those memes where it's like who would win a thousand regular sharks or one beefy boy, <laughs> and and like no especially if the beefy boy doesn't exist yeah, I, I think that again it's part of a larger conversation I think people really like to believe that kind of stuff though because it gives them hope, it gives them hope of more discovery yeah uh, it kind of like settles their fears like when someone passes away they want something that's kind of not like abnormal, but they want something that it, like explains their their death. Like if there's a big ass hole in the side of a boat, and that's the cause of death, they want to say, okay, that's a big shark that explains the massive hole. Yeah, that that dates back to uh, early like Egyptian religion too. Like like when there's the the flooding of the of the rivers and stuff like that. The they, Nile, yeah. Yeah, I mean they, they chalked it up to God because that was the explanation. Yeah, I think that in part when we see things that we don't understand, we chalk it up to stuff like that. Yeah. Um. I think that in terms of this whole like megalodon thing and kind of the obsession, obviously that Jason Statham movie came out called The Meg. Yeah, yeah. Which, first of all, awful name. 
Because yeah. all I picture is Meg Griffin from like Family Guy. I think <laughs> infinitely terrifying. I think it's meant to be read in Jason Statham's voice. The Meg. Nah, I just, I just hear Peter's voice like, <laughs> Meg. <laughs> that was awful. Um, oh, my God, that was so bad. I think bad. you just came up with Seth MacFarlane's new uh, Family Guy episode. Oh, no. But, uh, no. But, so, I think people want that shark to be out there, and they want, like, Nessie to be real and stuff like that. Okay, so, first, okay, Nessie's a whole other thing. Okay, but we just, won't We won't bring another cryptid into this, but I believe in me, Nessie. Oh, my God. Keep going. Anyways, um, I think people want those to be real because people read stories of, like, sailors and stuff when they were first crossing the Atlantic yeah. or, like, out in the Pacific Ocean or in the Indian Ocean mm-hmm. and these monsters and stuff. And Yeah. I Look, the sea was so full of life back then. We've, like, murdered the oceans just like we've murdered things on land, you know? Yeah. So I think that there's much more biodiversity back then, uh, much more abundant, you know, groups of creatures and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not gonna be the kind of person who's gonna say, yeah, there's a there's a giant shark out there when really it could have just been a really big gray white. Yeah. Or something like that. Because if there's something we do know about people in the past, is they exaggerate the shit out of stuff. Yeah. A, a really good example of that is. The Kraken, which is like, okay, here's the story, right? You're living in your medieval village, right? Yeah. And a sailor walks back on the shore in like a little dinghy, and he's like, arg, uh, my entire, fuck, I'm not going to do next. I think you're mixing eras, (laughs) medieval, and sailor walks back on the... This is my fantasy world, okay? He's a Venetian Uh, trader? Yeah, okay, (laughs) Venetian trader is like, I... Uh, I'm Italian. I uh, easy. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. Uh, the bigger the squid. <laughs> so, so much. <laughs> much a calamari. Uh, anyway. So, uh, wow, I'm a bad Italian. So so he comes back for, uh, in, in a dinghy and he goes, hey, uh, guys, my entire, like, trade fleet was just demolished by, by tentacles and teeth. And no one is left alive except for me because I, r- I ran away and shit my pants. Uh, and turned in the water. Uh, yeah, I don't... Dude, I don't even know where you go with a story like that. Okay. But, again, put you in the scenario. You, yeah. you, you are just a, a lowly merchant. And you, and you heard that your, your peer has just uh, lost his entire trade fleet to a giant squid. Yeah. What do you think? As someone who's been out on the water... As someone who's maybe like lived on the coast, maybe you've sailed once or twice, but this you guy's coming back. You said he was my. Oh, okay, you could be out in the water, or whatever. I'm, th- yeah. I'm thinking that you're like, you're like a townsperson. Oh you know? well, a townsperson's gonna believe that, but anybody who's out on the water won't. Are you sure about that? I, I think that's one of the things that we ignore when it comes to this stuff is that everybody on land believes the story, but other yeah. other sailors are like, nah, that's bullshit. Yeah, because, I mean, like, if you look at, like, cartography back in the day, yeah. like, they would believe anything someone told them. If, like, hey, at this point in the water, big squid. They're going to draw that shit. Yeah. Because, like, they haven't been out there. But I feel like uh, this is where my knowledge is limited, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but but the superstition would exist. I mean, like, that that's where, I mean, historic... Stories of, you know, sirens, for example, like that came from Greek sailors. Yeah. You know? And that was even more, like, 
that's that's even more out there than a big squid. Because guess what? There's a big squid in the water. Yeah. Like we found giant squid. That's probably where the whole thing from, of the Kraken came from. You know, yeah, a huge hyperbole on something that is actually out there, and that's probably where the megalodon came from. It's a huge hyperbole on a sh- big ass shark. You know, yeah. but when, when those tails get talked up and talked up, you know, that's just what happens. It snowballs. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about stuff like sirens and other, this is totally turned into a cryptids thing. Well, it's We're not o- really. o- ocean cryptids. Okay. So, I think with that kind of stuff, it's just kind of you're trying to explain things. You're not, like, because people nowadays have sailed all over the world and they'd don't see any of these things yeah you know and even back then like once you get into like the 1800s and late 1700s they're like yeah none of this is maybe a lot of these myths and uh kind of tales persist because during the 14 and 1500s when people were sailing you know out into these 1600s too out in these places they knew nothing about yeah that they're coming off of kind of a medieval era mm-hmm. that the i mean 1492 dude like when columbus crosses the ocean yeah think about spain had just reconquered spain mm-hmm. from the moors interesting so islam had just controlled spain this is like end of medieval start of renaissance type era yeah so you're kind of coming out of an age of ignorance mm-hmm and not necessarily focusing on science. Yeah. You know, especially common people. So you're just trying to like explain things and you just write things down that you think you saw or think might have been there, you know, or you want. We know that that's from a psychological perspective. Like a lot of people, if they want to see something, their brain will make them see it. Oh, yeah. You know, so maybe like those are the kinds of situations that are arising out of this. Mm-hmm. But and I think the other thing too is that people have lots of excuses they can make. And, and this is directly, I think, related to the size of the oceans that we have, too. Yeah. That for the, the people to believe this stuff, it's, hey, I haven't been out there. Or, like, yeah. I haven't sailed around this part. Like, there's so much of the ocean. Like, there could be anything And that's anywhere. the argument, too, if someone was to say to those guys, like, like, there's no way that that's out there. They're like, have you been out there? And you're like, well, no. Exactly. And I, I think that you need to consider that now too because the same arguments being made hundreds of years later like people say we haven't explored the depths of the ocean or yeah. there's so much ocean we can't possibly monitor it right so there has to be a megalodon or you know whatever yeah. beast you're hunting now or whatever like have you been down there to look around for it exactly yeah like it's that same kind of persisting argument mm-hmm. and, and, and you can't make that on land because humans are everywhere dude yeah like like we take up so much land <laughs> and even like, like the places we haven't been yeah we kind of we pretty much know what's out there right like you know it, it's a forest reserve and you've carefully scoped it out or it's antarctica and nothing's there or, yeah you know so, something like we can't do antarctica like that no nah, i'm just kidding no, i wouldn't do that uh but but you 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 know generally what i'm saying is that, that it's a lot easier to kind of have control when, when you have seven billion people yeah on Earth's land, which makes up, you know, way under half of its total, like, surface area. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so much easier to, to know, like, have tabs on, like, what's there. Whereas with the ocean, with all of its mass, yeah, it's difficult, you know? And it's easy to chalk up things you don't know to stuff you haven't seen yet. We do, we've done it historically. Yeah. 
no, for sure. I think that it's it's a problem that we have where when we don't understand things, we just we're like, fuck it. If nobody knows, I'm gonna make something up. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that it's just human nature to want answers to things. Yeah. We don't like or to questions. create an answer if you can't find one. Exactly. We we just don't like having questions. We like putting in placeholders. Yeah. Okay. Like you, your every parent has done this, where it's like. You know, like when a kid asks a question, yeah, like that is either too difficult to answer, like you can't answer it now, yeah, uh, like you know, where do babies come from, and they're right. not ready for the talk a yet. Stork, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, where the fuck do you come up with that? <laughs> Who in their right mind decided, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna tell my my, my kid that that we fuck. Uh, so I'm gonna tell him that a giant bird <laughs> birthed them and brought them to my doorstep because I asked. <laughs> And that makes a lot more sense. Oh, my God. You, you could have just said, hey, we picked you up from the baby store or something like that, you know, like whatever it may be. No, but no, no, we settled on the bird. <laughs> There's a giant bird that kind of hangs out by the pond. Yeah. Yeah, that thing carried you over here in a stick in a sack. <laughs> Dad, you shitting me? <laughs> I, nah, I, I don't believe that, Dad. No, that's really how it happened. <laughs> I, I'm sticking with that. Yeah, somebody drops you off here. That's why we don't like you. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yeah, but but I, I really do think that that's one of the allowances of the the size of the ocean that we have to take until again going back to my my forward point until we explore more of it and we have a better sense for what's out there. Yeah, we have to come to terms with that. Is that because we don't have that knowledge? Someone's gonna put an answer out there. You know, someone's gonna fill in the blank. Yeah, for sure. And and the thing is, I don't. I really don't think that we will ever come to terms with that i think that that's one of the i personally think it's a really beautiful thing that we don't have all the answers at times that we will never have an understanding of the ocean because of its size and scale that we will have all the answers and people will not be making things up because i think that there's something inspiring about that i think that whole idea of relishing in what we don't know Mm -hmm. is also kind of like an acceptance of like the like we ain't shit yeah (laughs) mentality in terms of like humans and the grand scale of the universe Mm -hmm. like we are nothing yeah like we we are nothing if you look at like those videos where they take like the size of the earth earth the size of a human and then they zoom out the size of the earth Mm mm-hmm and, like, how small you are compared to the Earth. Yeah. And then how small the Earth is compared to, like, this one star yeah, 300,000 light years away. That's, like, 14 billion Earths make, like, a third of this star. Yep. You know, just, like, understanding, like, that we are so minuscule and unimportant. Mm-hmm. So even – I think it's hard for us on a local scale. So, like, being Earth. Yeah. Being in – you know, seeing the – how large the oceans are, how big mountains are, that kind of stuff, and just kind of, like, appreciating how minuscule we are yeah. in comparison to those things. And I think that that kind of the human nature we've established where when we don't understand things, we assign an answer to them. Yeah. That's really at a lot of the core of our fundamental cultural principles, things like philosophy, things like arts, mm-hmm. things like music, yeah. where when you don't understand things, you try and put words to them. Yeah. Uh, I know, like, again, personally, when I don't, when I, when I come to something, like, emotionally I can't cope with, like, I don't have the right uh, answer to something, like, yeah. I turn towards poetry because I, 
need to get something down where I can express what I'm thinking of and have right. something tangible in my hands uh-huh. that can explain something I don't understand or I yeah. can't like grapple with. And even if you are unable to write that, just understanding that you're dealing with something that you have no control or power over mm-hmm. and you have to just kind of like yeah, let it be. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I think that's kind of where we're at, especially with this kind of like wall that we've hit in terms of technology and exploring the ocean. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously we'll keep innovating mm-hmm. and we'll keep changing stuff and trying to explore more and more. But in the meantime, you know, like when that's not going on, just being able to sit back and appreciate that the ocean is something so great mm-hmm. and so powerful that we can't do what we've been able to do on land yeah. with that. Well, and the other thing to consider too is going back to this whole kind of stream of curiosity that we're talking about. Yeah. That the more and more we explore, uh, using the ocean as an example here, the more questions we have too. Mm-hmm. When you discover new forms of life, that opens a whole new can of worms. How are they surviving down there? How have they evolved? How are they adapting? What are they related to? You can find things that you wouldn't have imagined prior, whether they be resources, whether they be land, you know, mm-hmm. whether or not you've you've surveyed things correctly. Yeah. I think that we're seeing that right now with space. The more and more uh, – also even computing too, yeah. uh, like with supercomputing and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or quantum computing. Like, like we are discovering things we didn't even find fathomable before. Yeah. And because we've – cross these bridges or and we've we've actually built and crossed these bridges ourselves yeah it opens even more doors and inspires even more you know create creative works so mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know a, a snake that feeds itself where it's like the more even though we try and satisfy and fill in definitive definitively that blank yeah we will never get there and because of that we'll always have more questions and always keep creating yeah, I mean, the more questions we answer, the more questions that arise. Yeah, and I think that, again, the ocean's a prime example of that because there, there's this huge blank spot because we haven't touched much of it. Mm-hmm. And the more we uncover, the more questions we have. Indeed. Damn, we really jumped off the inspiring end there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Now, back to our bullshit, right? <laughs> so, Finding Nemo... Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> but but I, I really do think that – let's talk about Finding Nemo because that was on my list of things I wanted okay, to touch on. Okay, yeah. Well, I think Finding Nemo really popularized the ocean and especially clownfish. Well, okay. I'm going to ask you an honest question right now. When you think of the ocean and we think about how you learned about the ocean, yeah. let's take school out of the equation. How? Did you go there? Did you live anywhere nearby? I in my that. case, I actually did. So okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the person to talk to. Okay. I grew up on the uh, going to Maryland and the okay. East Coast and stuff. Because I, I know personally, I have never. No, I've set foot in the ocean a, a couple times, but a much truly later. Midwestern boy. Yeah, I, I am the embodiment of, of, of Midwestern ignorance. Uh, but no, I, it's honestly, and this is gonna sound real fucking stupid, especially when I listen back to this and edit this podcast. Yeah. Finding Nemo played an integral role in my understanding of the ocean. <laughs> yes, because as a child, I thought turtles actually spoke with that accent. Like, like the, the, the crusher kind of, like... Australian accent. Yeah. The Aussie Aussie. Yeah, kind of like the, the surfer dude, Australian kind of, yeah. yeah. You know? And... Wait a minute. Is what? the turtle Australian? Is he? 
No, I think it's just a surfer, right? I think so. Maybe. We're not. We're not. We're not going to ponder about this. I, I see all the dead space in the podcast, is, like on the wavelength. This is a. Uh, that's. Shoot, man, I'm I'm really struggling to remember if that turtle is Australian or American now. Hey, guess what? With the power of editing, we're throwing in a clip right here. Oh, of his voice? Yes, here. What happened? Oh, I saw the whole thing, dude. First you were all like, whoa, and then we were all like, whoa, and then you were like, whoa. What are you talking about? Now that we're back, uh, <laughs> we, we we all know the answer. We knew it the whole time. Yeah. Uh, we we were right, and uh. <laughs> As we always are, and uh, b- but back to my 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 kind of like my main point. Yeah, I think that it's again. I want to circle back to the argument that you know questions lead to more questions, and you want to fill in the blanks and stuff like that. Yeah. But how do you like? Where do you start in teaching this to children? In teaching the ocean? Yeah. Like like when someone says, "What is the ocean?" You got to start off with a fish. Yeah. That's how you start. Exactly. And that's Finding Nemo. You got to start when you're teaching, especially at a young age, you got to appeal to like what kids are interested in. Yeah. So that's like doing stuff and finding stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like animals. So you're like, check this out. This is a fish. Okay. Wait, what, moves, what's a fish? It moves in water. Okay. It's scaly. Gotcha. Sometimes they have teeth. Okay. Sometimes they're big as hell. Oh, okay. Sometimes they're small as fuck. Ha, ha. <laughs> Yeah, I really so, want you to be a teacher. Sometimes, I don't think I can be after being on this podcast. I, I'm picturing just just a wide eyed, like big headed kid, like uh huh, yeah. uh huh, big Som- as fuck. I got you. <laughs> sometimes, but, but like, how big are we talking? Big as hell. Damn. <laughs> and then you like move in. You're like, so this is water. Okay. You know what happens when you get in water? Yeah. You can't breathe. <laughs> That's the first thing you're going to teach a kid? Yeah, you're, you're talking like, about the if ocean? you put your head underwater, you can't breathe. Watch you know why? Because you remember those fish I was talking about? Sometimes they're small shit. Sometimes they're big as hell. How big? Guess what? Those fish breathe oxygen that we breathe through the air. They breathe it through the water. All right. That's what I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> All right. So I, I just was eating some applesauce with Susie over here. And and I don't get how how fish can breathe underwater. There's no air down there. You said I couldn't breathe. But no, 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 no. You got it all wrong, son. Okay. Okay. Listen up. I uh, explain. So when humans breathe oxygen, yeah, we breathe oxygen that's in the air. Yeah. When fish, fish, they don't breathe oxygen. Rather, they process it. Okay. So there's oxygen in the water because it's H2O. Okay. You learned that in your elementary school chemistry lesson. Yeah. H2O. Hydrogen twice, oxygen once. Okay. Okay, so that's I air. Can, I don't remember if that's how it works, but Yeah. <laughs> so, that's how you get water. Okay, I see. But that means there's oxygen in there. Okay. What do living things need? Food. <laughs> oxygen. Oh shit, you're right. To breathe. Okay. Well, actually not all of them. But in this case, fish are like us. They need oxygen. All right. So when they swim, and that water goes through their gills, which are these holes at the side of them. All right. They get that oxygen out of the water. Okay. And they breathe. All right. So, hear me out. I'm over here eating my crayons. Okay. And I'm not buying this shit. Because, really? listen. Again, again. I'm talking with Susie over here. We're eating some applesauce and okay. some fucking crayons. All right. right. How? 
Does a fish know how to do that? A fish does know how to do that. It just does what it do. All right. You blow my mind. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go shit my pants <laughs> and turn that in the water. Uh, and that's little Bill Gates. And with that, at, at, with, with classes out of session. Yes. That's the end of the podcast. So what would seem? Thank it's, you. Yeah, it's been a wonderful se- first season. It has. Ten episodes. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun, Nick. I've really enjoyed doing this with you. Oh, please, I couldn't agree more. Thank you to our audience who has been uh, very interactive and supportive. Uh, you guys are awesome. We really appreciate you being a part of our podcast and our digital journey. Indeed. Uh, for the very last time of the season, like I said, we'll be back in the fall. I will plug our Twitter page. That is at T Junkie Podcast. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. All of the fine places where podcasts are found and procured. We are now on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash thought junkie. There you will find various tiers, access to new shows, early access to this show. Uh, we will actually be producing content over the summer via our Patreon. Uh, for those of you who generously, generously support us there, look forward to some incredible new stuff more editing, more guests, more subjects next season but until then i'm nick i'm max and we out adieu